friend, sometimes being the first or the only can be lonely and draining, but it can also be exhilarating and trailblazing. But it's all a matter of perspective and purpose. Stick around and we'll talk about how you can punch fear in the face and boldly pursue what God has in store for your future. I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. This week's guest is Brittany Opaloy. She is a veteran in the oil and gas industry. She serves on the board of directors for Communities in Schools Houston and is one of the youngest members on the Willer Avenue Baptist Church Board of Trustees. Brittany, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've never been called a veteran before. <laughs> She's a veteran. <laughs> thank you. So this podcast is all about talking about joy. Yes. So if you had to describe joy what how would you define it for yourself it's an interesting question I've been trying to think of what is joy to me and I believe joy resides at the intersection of having peace Mm -hmm. and clarity and coincidentally peace and clarity those are my words for 2023 and all things I want peace Mm. and I want clarity Peace that no matter what's going on around me, I know that I'm exactly where God wants me to be. Mm. And clarity where I have a sense of focus and a clarity of mind, clarity of spirit. And I know why I'm making certain decisions Mm -hmm. um, and why I'm saying certain things. So for me, as long as I have peace and clarity, I have joy. Mm. And so I might not always smile. I might not always be happy on the outside. But I still have joy on the inside. Mm -hmm. So that's what joy means to me. So you said peace and clarity are your words for 2023. How do you have a practice that you obtain these words? I actually don't. I guess I do now. But this is the first year where I've actually had words. Mm -hmm. Normally, I make goals. So I have a list of goals. These are things I want to accomplish by December 31st. Uh, My therapist and I, we decided this year, we're going to work on some words. What are your words? Mm. And in everything I do this year, I want to know how those two words play into it. I've been using that in everything I do. Even in conversations I have, I want to walk away knowing why I did or did not say something. Um, If something happens to me, I want to know why it's happening to me. Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Um, so, so those are my words. Yeah. That's what I'm seeking in all things. Oh, I love that. Peace and clarity. Mm-hmm. Peace and clarity. Have you had periods in your life where peace and clarity weren't present? Absolutely. I would say I have had peace and clarity 
for the last few years, mm-hmm. but for most of my life, I don't feel like I always had continuous periods of mm-hmm. peace and clarity. You know, my parents are divorced. I grew up mostly with a single parent with mm-hmm. my mom. Um, I put myself through college, through scholarships. And so there was always a sense of, you know, what's next or is everything going to work out? Um, so I haven't always had peace mm. and I certainly haven't always had clarity. You called me a vet and I laughed because I'm like, well, I guess I have been in oil and gas for 15 years now. But even in my career, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Mm. <laughs> so I haven't always had clarity, but I'm taking it day by day. Mm. Um, and I'm really forcing myself to dig deep to find that clarity where I lack it. Mm. So, no, I haven't always had it, but I'm, I'm getting it. You're seeking it. I'm seeking it. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Because I think sometimes as type A personalities, Mm -hmm. right, we feel like I have to have it figured out. Yes. No. Um, I think like that sometimes because I am around a lot of people that appear to have it all figured out, Mm -hmm. and I do not. And one of the ways I try to approach that is to be transparent. Like, hey, I don't know everything. I, like I said, I don't even know what I want to be when I grow up. And apparently I'm grown. <laughs> yeah, they keep telling they us keep that. They keep telling me that, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, this podcast is named perfectly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I'm just focused on finding joy along the journey, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. It might sound cliche, but that's really what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Focus on the now. Focus on the now. Staying present in mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah. So I do want to shift to your journey. Okay. So Brittany is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, ma'am. The home of the Black Wall Street. So if you're not familiar, I know Brittany has on a Black Wall Street sweatshirt. Okay. This was not orchestrated. Okay. It was not. Um. It was, could have been orchestrated to be the first building blocks of generational wealth for African-American families. And if you're not familiar, I want to encourage you to do your Googles, do your research. Um, I want to ask you, how much of that history were you taught? Hmm. And did it have an impact on who you have become? Mm-hmm. and who you are striving to be? That's a good question. Uh, as far as how much I was taught, I was taught a lot about, we called it the race riot when I was mm. taught. They call it the race massacre now because that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, in middle school, my middle school was actually on Greenwood, mm-hmm. and my middle school teacher, Miss Barbara Coleman, she was our Oklahoma history teacher, and she made sure she taught us about the race riot. And so I knew in middle school just Mm -hmm. from reading certain books that this was a catastrophic event that wiped out a whole community. It was very obvious to me, even at that young age. Mm. I went to a historically black high school um, and we learned about it there as well. Mm -hmm. And so I learned about it middle school and high school. And then because I learned about bits and pieces there, I really wanted to dive into it in college. Mm. And so I went to the University of Tulsa, so still in Tulsa, um, but I enrolled in an African-American studies certificate program. Okay. And so I had classes all around the race riot. Um, so it really did shape kind of my education and, and what I come to know about the city I'm from. Um, and as far as how it shaped my future, 
you know, it was an area where there were affluent entrepreneurs. Everybody had their own business. Uh, they kept the money in the black community by mm -hmm. force, not necessarily by choice. Mm -hmm. But you see the power of the black dollar from Greenwood. And so I always knew I want to have some type of business. Mm -hmm. And so I double majored in college. One of my majors was entrepreneurship management. And I really think that goes back to just everything I knew about Black Wall Street, what I had learned about how it was devastated mm -hmm. because of this riot. So, yeah, it really did shape my mm -hmm. entire life. Um, even today, you know, people always make jokes. Well, we don't know anybody from Oklahoma. And I'm like, that's OK. But let me tell you a little story about mm -hmm. this race riot. And within the last three or four years, especially with the 100th anniversary being uh, in 2021, it's got a lot of popularity, so people are learning more about it now. And so now, when I say I'm from Tulsa, a lot more people know where that is and mm -hmm. what that means. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So over the years, mm -hmm. we have shared many experiences of being the only women in rooms, being the only African Americans, or sometimes even being the youngest, and in many occasions, checking the same boxes at the same times, right. being the only women being the only African-American woman, being the youngest and now the youngest that has that has since passed on for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but have you felt an extra sense or extra set of responsibility mm. in those moments? I believe so. I'd love to sit here and say, no, mm -hmm. I don't. But I think there's been an extra... And weight probably isn't the right word, mm -hmm. but I want to represent for our generation. Mm. I want them to know that I deserve to be there. I add value. I have gifts. Um, and that I bring to the table something unique. Um, I think a lot of times our generation gets a bad rap. You know, mm. we just want trophies or, or what else do they say about us? Uh, you know, we don't like to work. We're not right. hard workers. And I'm, I am a hard worker. Mm -hmm. um, and when you think about church specifically, you know, I love the Lord. I grew up Southern Baptist Church uh, with all the traditions. So I just like to represent that we are not all these things that the media says about mm -hmm. us. Um, and that our love of Christ can show through in our service to him just like anyone else. Mm -hmm. So I do feel a little added pressure, or I did at first. Now that I've kind of been in it for a while, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, I think I have. Mm. As would you, Do you consider yourself, so I wrote my question as a trailblazer, mm. but do you consider yourself a trailblazer? Honestly, I've never thought of myself that way. I don't think so. I get that I'm the youngest in a lot of situations, but I haven't really thought of myself that way. Um, but now that you brought it to my visibility, I, I'm not arguing. <laughs> I love it. I just, I've never thought of myself that way. Um, but God has been good. Mm, I love it. I love it. What has surprised you most in situations when you have been the only in traditional spaces, whether mm -hmm. at church or in the boardrooms? What has surprised you the most? I think at church, I never sought out to have any type of position in church. I wanted mm -hmm. to go to church. I wanted to get the word. I wanted to go home and go about my day, mm -hmm. always. Um, but God had other plans, mm -hmm. and they were his plans. They weren't mine. And, you know, there's that saying, God does not call the qualified. Mm -hmm. He qualifies the called. And so I've always just thought, well, if I'm called, then he's going to equip me with everything I need to know. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that that's been my kind of motivation and my motto along the way. 
Um, and what was the other part of your question? What has surprised you the oh. most? Uh, just the way I show up for myself. Mm. Uh, I think imposter syndrome is real. Mm. Uh, I struggle with it probably more than I care to admit. Um, you know, I don't have any advanced degrees. I, I don't think of myself as having any accolades. I'm like, I'm me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes when you're in the midst of doctors and lawyers and people with graduate degrees and people with all this industry experience, that can be a little intimidating because it's like, well, what is little old me from Tulsa, Oklahoma going to mm. add here? Um, but the more I've been around, I'm like, you are gifted and you're called. Mm. And when you're called, your gifts will make room for you. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, Brittany. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. So I would not have ever known that. Most people say that, but yeah. Yeah, I remember, you know, some of the first meetings I've been in on these boards. And I'm looking around and I'm texting my husband. I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. This is probably a mistake. He's like, no, you're supposed to be there. Just see it through. And, you know, a few years go by and you're like, yeah, I am supposed to be here, mm. but it's not immediate. Mm. It's not immediate. And I also think that that gives you a, a, a sense of humbleness mm-hmm. uh, and gratefulness. Mm. You know, you don't want, well, I don't want to walk into a room like I'm supposed to be here. You know, I'm calling the shots. It's not about me. It's about him mm-hmm. in all things, even if it's not a church board, it's about him. Mm-hmm. So that, that has helped me along the way. But yeah, most people are like, oh, I would never guess that. Oh, yeah. Imposter syndrome is real. <laughs> so I think that's a message to someone who is struggling, mm-hmm. who has applied for a job or been nominated for a, a position mm-hmm. where someone sees the gifts, they see the talent, they see the leadership ability, mm-hmm. and they're thinking to themselves, no, not me. Mm-hmm. I understand. What advice would you give to that person as cliche as it sounds Mm -hmm. what has worked for me you know some say fake it till you make it well Mm -hmm. I like to faith it till Mm. I make it I like to speak positivity positive affirmations I'm called to this I can do all things God knows the plans I have for you I like to speak those things Mm -hmm. into my life And I faith it until I make it. I think that where you lack, if you know there's an area that you don't know about, you know, Google is at your fingertips. (laughs) There's a wealth of information. And so I seek to understand where I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just have faith. I know that where God has called me to, he's going to meet me there. And that's really it. It seems so simple and so cliche, but that's really how I get through everything. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And is that true in your career as well? (laughs) Absolutely. I work in a male-dominated industry, a white male-dominated industry. And even today, there are times I'm in a room. I'm the only woman. I'm the only black woman. I'm the youngest. Mm -hmm. I'm the only IT person. Mm -hmm. And that can be very intimidating. But I know a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've listened. I've learned. I have value to bring. Mm-hmm. I have a voice. Yeah. I have to repeat those things over and over to myself. Sometimes before I even walk into a, a room. Mm. So yeah, that's still present today. But I'm getting better. I'm improving. 
Um, and I surprise myself every day. Even this podcast. <laughs> I am surprising myself. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And I, I want to thank you because so often we have a model mm-hmm. of what a stereotypical, this strong black woman is. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But we come in so many different shapes and forms, Mm -hmm. and yet we still show up. But it's so important that we show up for ourselves first. Absolutely. And the language that we speak to ourselves first matters. It does. Believing, no, I I can do this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can. (laughs) Yes, I can. Mm Yes, I can. Okay, this is hard, Mm -hmm. but I believe because the Lord placed me here, I will grow into what the position requires of. Right. Right. I will grow into it. Yep. You have broken many glass ceilings in traditional spaces. As you sit on these nonprofit boards, what inspires you? To continue to serve in nonprofit spaces? That's actually pretty easy for me to address. So I grew up, um, my parents were married, they divorced when I was 10, mm-hmm. and then my mom was a single parent for several years. I was the beneficiary of nonprofits. Mm. You know, there were times where, you know, my mom might have needed additional help or where I needed role models. Mm. And so there were various nonprofits out there that helped me directly and indirectly. And so I have a responsibility to pay it forward. Mm. Um, It's as simple as that. Somebody did it for me, not knowing what my life would end up as, and I need to do that for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as that for me. I want to serve so that I can make a difference in somebody else's life so that somebody from a disadvantaged community Mm -hmm. can go be a successful whatever it is they want to be. And success looks different for everyone. When I say success, I mean happy, healthy, At peace with clarity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, I just want to pay it forward. What would you say to someone that's like that wants to get involved, but it's like, I don't really know how. Mm. What would you say is the first step to giving back? You know, I would say it's as simple as waking up on a Saturday morning and going and volunteering somewhere. Mm. Um, I have two boys and we just started taking them once a month to volunteer at a food pantry Mm. so they can know that. You know, they have blessed lives and there are other people that have needs that that aren't being met. And so I want them to learn what it means to help give back and help meet the needs of others. I think it starts right there. As you do those things, you'll network, you'll kind of learn what other organizations are out there that might have a different approach to helping others. Mm -hmm. It might not be, you know, stacking cans and giving out food. But those are very tangible, simple ways in a place as large as Houston, especially, Mm -hmm. that you can go find um, a ways to give back. I think it's as simple as that. Um, And then I always bring everything back to my faith. And so for me, just networking and as I've served at my church, I've got to meet people and that's opened up other doors for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really is, like I said, just getting up and and learning how you can help others. I think that's it. That's very important is to be in in intentional mm-hmm. um, and finding those areas one that you're passionate about right like if you have a passion for children finding a mission that has um, 
children dedicated um, a focus. If you have a food bank, if you have a food scarcity passion, Mm -hmm. food bank is a great place to start. Um, But there are needs in your community that need your help immediately. And they need your time, your assistance, not just your money, although that is a great, great resource if you have that uh, that availability to give. But your time Mm -hmm. is needed as well. Yeah. Brittany, you've spoken a lot about your faith. How has your faith impacted your joy journey? Peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm. As long as that is my motto, which it is, Mm -hmm. in all things, even when I'm hurting or something happens that I don't like, I want peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm. Lord, I know you took this person away. Give me peace. I didn't get that job. Give me peace. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have everything I might want. Lord, I want peace. Mm -hmm. As long as I have peace that surpasses all understanding, I have joy. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm chasing peace Mm -hmm. so that I can have that inner joy. And you spoke about therapy. Mm -hmm. Big fan. (laughs) Big fan. (laughs) There's also a stigma. Yes to therapy did you grow up with the understanding that therapy was okay or did you have to fight against the the stigma to seek that that support that help yeah that's a unique question so my mom worked in the foster care system Hmm. in Oklahoma for years and so I was around therapists or just count people counselors Mm -hmm. that were helping some of the foster children never really thought about it for myself though because my background didn't necessarily look like theirs. Um, But when I started working full-time and we learned about EAP and how I could have these free therapy sessions, Mm -hmm. I was like, I want all the benefits. (laughs) I want the money in the account. I want whatever else y'all are offering outside of that money. So I was a big fan, am a big fan of therapy, but it really started with work because it was a benefit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want everything. So I started off there. Um, And I just saw how it transformed my life. I saw how sometimes I try to use my friends to be Mm. my therapist. um, And that's sometimes not fair to them. Okay. Um, And so even my husband tried to use him. But, okay, there's only so much that, you know, advice he can give me. So I really, really enjoy therapy now. It's gotten to a point to where even if I don't have a problem, I go to, into some therapy sessions and I love my therapist. She's very down to earth. It's like, hey, girl, what are we talking about today? Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so, yes, huge proponent of therapy That's for everybody. Great. For everybody, yeah. Everybody. I think prayer and therapy go hand in hand. Yes. Um, I want to ask, as a mother of two sons. Yes, boy mom. Boy mom, yes. Hashtag boy mom. (laughs) What do you hope that they are learning Hmm. from you about women, and especially black women? I'm trying to destigmatize some of their thoughts that they have gotten from somewhere other than my home. Hmm. Um... I, they play basketball, and I remember the first time I got out there, you know, I'm tall. I'm six feet tall. You know, I can do a little something. 
I got out there and played with them. Like, girls don't play basketball. So we had a whole conversation about the WNBA. Mm. My mama was a hoop star back in the day. I'm kidding. Um, But I just try to teach them that anything a man can do, a woman can do as well. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to make it practical to them. We're talking about basketball today. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about the boardroom in a few years. Um, but I just try to make it practical to them because, you know, this world is teaching them something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they always, not always, but a lot of times they'll veer off to say, well, you know, men do this and, you know, men can do that. And I'm like, well, women can do it too. So now they're asking all kinds of questions about the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so you mean to tell me I can watch these kinds of games and it's all women? Um, so little questions like that. I'm just trying to make it practical. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Because they're young. They're five and eight. So they don't, you know, I don't want to give them the dissertation. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Very good. So in the time we have remaining, Brittany, you said that you are a planner. You Mm -hmm. are a thinker. You are a a goal setter. Mm -hmm. And if you know, if you have the privilege of knowing the Opaloids, they Mm -hmm. are a goal-oriented family. Uh, They have a family motto. What we started when we got married. When you do things God's way, you get God's results. So as you are seeking the Lord for the next phase of your joy journey. Yes. Would you dare, dare share where you hope? Um, the next five years will take you, your family, your career, uh, your nonprofit journey. That is a great question. Five years. I I don't know. I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. I want to make an impact. Mm. Um, I want to live and I want my family, my husband, my kids to live a life of impact to where when we're gone, People can reflect back on mm-hmm. their lives and say, this is the impact that Brittany Opaloy made in my life. Mm-hmm. So I want to leave, I want to lead a life of impact. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like in the next five years, but everything I'll be doing will be to leave a lasting impact. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And a great um, goal Yes, to make an impact, to not just live, yeah. But to make an impact, mm-hmm. very inspiring. And I hope, I know that you have touched someone with your your story and your testimony. Yeah. How can someone find you if they would like um, to know more about you, if they would like to be mentored by you? How can someone find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, first name, last name, Brittany Opaloy. Um, and you are you can find me on Facebook as well at the same name. Um, other than that, I'll leave you my email. People are welcome to email me as well. Um, and then I talk to Ashley probably every day. <laughs> so if for some reason you can't find me, Ashley can. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So be sure to follow, like, and subscribe comment let us know what your favorite takeaway was from this episode and if you are also finding joy at the intersection of peace and clarity let us know that as well but until we meet again every thursday may god increase your joy grant you strength for the journey and give you the courage to tell your story bye friends